This is Get a Real Job, the podcast devoted to people who choose risk over safe bets, who pursue their passion against all odds and are doing what they want, how they want, despite people and sometimes the voices in their own heads telling them they're nuts. When the field that I wanted to work in didn't exist, I created it. The only thing you have to decide is how hard you want to work. I really never went into the design of the restaurant of not succeeding. One way or another, I was going to succeed. I'm your host, Dan Bova, editorial director of entrepreneur.com. Thanks for listening. And now, get a real job. Hey, if you're afraid of heights, then you and today's guest are probably not going to have a lot in common. Andrew Alexander King is an explorer currently on a mission to be the first African-American to climb the world's tallest peaks and volcanoes on each continent. He's also a surfer and free diver, and we're talking to him from Nazare, Portugal, home of the 100-foot wave. I don't think he's on top of a wave as we're talking, but you never know with this guy. Welcome, Andrew. How are you? Hey, Dan. Hey, everybody. Thanks for having me on. I'm great. Uh, Dan and I were just laughing about I almost got hit by a car. (laughs) It was pretty serious, but we are here. Yeah, I'm happy to be here and thank you for the time and the space. But here at Nazare, just pulled in, checking out the waves. It's been really weird this season. This season's my first season, hopefully, to get towed out and paddle in. You both paddle into, and thanks to the Portuguese community that's been supporting me for the last three years. So it's been, it's just great to have this conversation for a place that I love and people that really support me. So, yeah. Why don't we back up a little bit to how you got here? You've been climbing mountains and surfing waves and doing all kinds of insanely awesome things for, for how long? When did, when did this all start? Uh, I would say I've been doing it for the past well over a decade. I was fortunate enough. I was born into a single family household with multiple siblings in Detroit. And my mom, hard worker, and my grandparents, my family, were when we wanted someone to go to college for the first time in our entire family tree. And I got to be adopted by my grandparents, and we got to move to Hawaii. So I started to get into nature around my, mostly around my young adolescent teenage years. Mm. And from there, being a former track and field athlete, when I was done doing that after competing for 13 years and after college, I moved into doing more climbing and exploratory in the nature and surfing is where I picked that up. And so I just been climbing and started with volcanoes around the world and climb the highest volcano, meditate in different places, and then come down and surf if I still had time on the same day to do it. And uh, yeah, just started doing that. And so it's been my been just who I am. It's who, it's what I love to do, and it's why being here in Portugal this time of the year is great. Um, yeah. So that's awesome. And you know, when I was reading your bio, I saw that you you uh, you know grew up in Detroit, and I'm like, I don't, I don't. My geography is not great, but I don't think there's a lot of mountains in Detroit. No. No, <laughs> and no <laughs> volcanoes that I know of. <laughs> nope. So the Hawaii part makes a lot more sense. <laughs> so that's incredible. And when did you, or was this just always a thing that you were going to do? What I was going to ask is, when does this become something that you did as your like, I don't know if if hobby is the right word, to something that you're like known for that you do? That's a very great question, Dan. Amazing interview. He's amazing interview, everyone. Just letting you know, Dan's great. <laughs> but I think it's, you know, I like how you phrase that too, because it's not, it's a piece of who I am. It's a part, it's like a, I say my life is a, like a kaleidoscope, kaleidoscope of what, what I love to do. So I believe when I was in my 
20s, it became a big proponent of my life. It's just exploring cultures and communities and connections. And I always say this, there's nothing else to conquer in this world really besides just building bridges in our own ego mm. and really doing that. So for me, traveling around the world, I could say if you want to get to the genesis of it, it started with my grandparents. Like I was really lucky with them coming from a military family that I got to really come up to Europe when I was young and there's photos of that with my my late grandmother and my grandparents and my family and we I got to see Germany and it was really cool. And so for me, I, it was just part of our my DNA growing up and really connecting with human beings and cultures and learning how to communicate not only with myself but with them. And I and when I say this to people, they're like, oh, you're a big way surfer or an alpinist or a climber. I say those are just tools or paint brushes of the canvas of life that I'm painting. Mm. It's more things that like, if I were to say like, this is my art or illustration of life, these are the paint brushes and colors that I use. And this is the, you know, the way that I illustrate this or use the paintbrushes based on the, what I learned from those cultures and communities. And so it's just who I am. And I don't, I never, never think of it as a hobby. I, I think of it as like, again, just being here in Portugal to give you more, something more tangible is Portugal, you can climb and surf in the same day. And so if the waves are bad, you'll see me at the climbing gym or, you know, yesterday I was with my friend, we're checking out boulders and different problems in the forest. And today we're at Nazare checking out the waves. So it mm. just seems normal to me. So. That, <laughs> that That's, uh, that's awesome. I love that. And and looking at your Instagram, I saw some really cool quotes where you're you're talking about when you're looking at a mountain or I guess a volcano, it's not like I'm going to conquer this. I'm going right. to I'm gonna beat this this mountain. You're you're kind of like communing with it. It's just such a, mm-hmm. such a like different way that I think most people who don't mountain climb don't think of it that way. We always think of it as it's this challenge and I'm gonna conquer it. Yeah, I think that's where I say to people, there's nothing else really to conquer in this globalized world at this point besides our egos and those hard conversations that we have to step into to discuss with one another. The mountains and the ocean are just places for us to really sit and think about what we want to say out loud internally and like how we conquer that within ourselves, in my opinion. And that's the way I think of it. It's so like when I get to the top of the mountain, I'm like, I'm not going to go conquer Mount Everest. I'm not going to go conquer Nazare. I, I have, those aren't, things that can be conquered mother nature created it to be something that will outlive everyone we know and it's basically just a place and a platform for you to sit down and think about who and what you are and what are you trying to leave behind and what are you trying to connect with and so for me it's just a place where i was fortunate enough this last month to be in nepal with one of my great mentors and someone i consider a sister to me melissa arnott reed and we did the ever space camp and everyone's like, oh, what are you going here to conquer everything? I'm like, no, I'm really going there to like learn about the Nepali culture and the high altitude workers and what they go through and learn a different aspect of life. Mm. And so I'm conquering this deeper fear of like, I've never been to the Himalayas. And it's yeah. very scary. Every, everything is huge. Walking is long. Climbing right. is long. And uh, you drink a lot of tea. And like, how you, it's just a very different side. And so when it was over, we climbed one mountain and did EBC, but I learned so much about myself and a different chapter and a different paintbrush was unlocked. And so I was really happy to like, back to your point, like there was nothing there for me to conquer besides these insecurities that I had going into it, where when I left it, I was like, I feel way more connected with nature than I thought I was before. And now I feel good going into big wave training season here in Nazare in Portugal. So 
Well, that's incredible. Now, for people like me, I watch a lot of these mountain climb, these Jimmy Chin kind of like TV yeah. shows about people doing all this, all this stuff. And, you know, there's certainly a spiritual side to it, but there's also a side to it where you are like tens of thousands of feet in yeah. the air <laughs> clinging yeah, for yeah, dear yeah. life. <laughs> yeah, you are. I think that is a very valid point. I think there are someone like myself that meditates every day and just really comes to form with like choosing my own heart every day and coming to terms with that and accepting that. And then also just grounding myself to be like, you are about to go surf a 10 foot wave in a very cold water, or you're about to go try and like climb this very high mountain in these really, really cold environments and things can go wrong. And in those moments, I tell people that there is a, yeah, like you said, you hit the nail on the head, Dan, a spiritual side to it, but there's also like a risk mitigation side to it is you showing up in the best version of yourself and you're being honest with yourself and you're not trying to leave something just to like chance. You're really mm. trying to really do the, be the best version of yourself in that mental head space and physical. And if you feel like you can't do that, there's no shame in saying, I, I'm not ready to do it and back out of that. And so when you see those athletes where it's a good point, bringing up Jimmy Chin in his new episodes of, you know, that entire, like, you have Will God, you have, as you seem to, I mean, to see DuPont surfing here in Nazare and they're showing what it's like to be those athletes. You're seeing from their point of view that they are so well connected to who they are and what they're doing that you're seeing them perform at a high level and also just be honest with themselves. Yeah. Um, and sometimes that works out great. Sometimes it doesn't. And sometimes it puts you in very scary situations where you have to conquer your fears to break through to that next level that requires you to get where you want to get to on that mountain or that wave. So in your, in your quest that you're on right now, like where are you on that, on your mission to climb all these mountains and volcanoes? So right now I've climbed the highest volcano in America and that's Pico de Zaba or North America, I should say. That's down in Mexico. I've also climbed Aconcagua, but I'll reclimb that one as well. I climbed that two years ago. And this year we'll be coming up to do some ones in the South Pacific and do some initiatives on human rights and um, wildlife conservation in the ocean as well as on land. So that's where I am right now. And to be honest with you, most people are like, how fast are you going to do this? And I'm saying, I'm not going to do this fast at all. I'm actually mm -hmm. going to take my time and get into learn about the communities and culture. If someone else is like, Andrew, I beat you to it. I will give them a high five and a hug and a hot chocolate and be like, that's great. <laughs> Tell me about what you learned. And I'm going to still yeah. keep going. And they're going to be like, why would you keep going? And I say, it's not about being the first. It's, it's about really showing this evolution of an individual on this journey, speaking and learning from these different cultures and community and connecting. Someone's going to come behind me if I'm first, second, third, or fourth and do it even 10 times faster. But I would ask, like, how did you connect to that culture and community? Yeah. And do you still stand with them as you stood on top of that mountain? Because you wouldn't get to that mountain without that community and culture. Right. Um, yes. Yeah. So... So that's where I am so far on it. And like this year, we really wanted to go to Europe. But again, based on the tensions there, that wasn't the right case to do. And I, there's, I have no desire to stand on a mountain in a country that is at war with another country and, mm -hmm. you know, push my, that's, it's not about that. It's a humanitarian journey for me in connecting. Denali, unfortunately, getting on that mountain, we were blizzard in for eight days. So we got stuck after taxing at 16,000 feet. Had a great time though, loved it. So I'll go back for that. <laughs> but yeah, this year we're getting ready for the South Pacific and doing that. But again, it's all Mother Nature. If she lets us climb, if she gives us the right conditions, if the community and culture says yes to it, 
then we go. If it doesn't, then I will say thank you and hopefully that I'm able to do it again next year with the health and um, the support I have. Speaking of support, I mean, these these travels and all that can't be easy to arrange and also can't be inexpensive to arrange. So how are you managing all of that? And when you say you connecting with a culture, the local culture, like, like how, what does that look like? I think I understand it from like a 30,000 foot level, but like, you just start talking to people? Oh, that's a great question. So I've been doing this for over a decade. Um, I am coming from someone, I'll answer your first question, the logistics and monetary and most of all, most of that comes from 80% comes from my normal nine to five job. So I work in technology and I've been doing that for over a decade. And mm. when I started doing this, I started saying like, if I'm going to these places to climb or surf, and I'm from a pretty developed, and my lot of tricks of life pushed me out to a privileged country that has these opportunities. And I've gotten to college, I've able to work for these corporations. I could give back at least what I know they can take on. And so for me, it was taking not just vacation and climbing and taking a selfie on top of these mountains or with you know, me surfing. It's more of like, all right, let me step into this place and see what are they actually fighting right now? What do they need help with resource-wise? And it's not just like a high five and saying like, cool, I did this. It's more of like, how do I connect with this culture and community? So when I do stand on these mountains, I feel like I'm standing with them on something mm. and issues. So yeah. I use my normal nine to five job and allocate resources funding for that with different nonprofits around the world. And I sit down with them and I find and I say, let's get on a call. Let's get on a Zoom. Back in the day, I'm going to date myself here. But before there was Zoom, everyone knew there was a Skype. Everyone back then. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, we'll sit down with that call and really sit down and like discuss like, what do they need help with? It's not me coming there saying like, oh, I'm from America and I have these resources and I'm coming, I'm going to come and help you. And I already know what you're going through. It's more of like, I'm going to sit in that room with you. You're going to tell me what you need help with. And I'm going to put my ego aside and help you through that. And so I've been, been things from a gardener. I've been someone that has got school supplies, had to go get pizza, clean the pools. And there's vast, there's over a dozen different nonprofits I've done that with over the years. And they're like family to me. Mm. Uh, I do that because I, I truly do think someone that grew up in a single parent household in Detroit, Michigan, I know what it's like to really have a beautiful lottery ticket of life, but I also know what it's like to struggle. And so when I got to that point that I felt that I could give back, not only to my family and my community here in America, but also to those communities that open their arms and doors to me. So that's how I do it. It wasn't until two years ago when we had the really shining of light on the issues that happened with George Floyd of the racial tensions and the lack of diversity in outdoor space that many brands were seeing that their portfolio or athletic development programs did not have much diversity in it. And at that time, I was doing this all by myself and mm. really training all by myself, really being really regiment. And I said, I'm not going to really be able to help as much people as I want to help at this place. You can't, again, and they saying, if you want to go far, go together. If you want to go fast, go alone. And I said, if we really want to take this to go far. So I really partnered with certain brands and companies that really have those core values that I really cherish of leaving a place better than when we found it, letting people speak up, not hating someone for their religion, race, or their sexual identity, but letting them really tell you their journey and helping a place look more eco-friendly and sustainable. 
And so those brands and I sat down and I said, if you want me to be this active for you, this is what I'm going to need. I could do this with my nine to five job. But again, I really like someone else to come into this later on, really step into this and be the next athlete or ambassador for you that is helping humanity step forward. And you're not just stepping on a board and taking off on a big wave or just on a big giant rock and saying, I'm the coolest, but actually saying we're in this together collectively and collaboratively. So that's how I do it. Um, mm. so I do work my normal nine to five job daily and um, very transparent with anyone I work with and saying like, this is what I do. And they're like, oh, you're going on vacation. I'm like, I don't know if hanging on an ice wall <laughs> while trying to survive a vacation or like sitting there, you know, like try not to dive in like a big wave and then like going to like volunteer as well right. as off hours to vacation. And then using like your bonuses and such to really give back to your nonprofit and friends and community. So they are able to travel the world and see it as you got to see it as a gift. That is, um, well, that's how I do it. Yeah. That, that's, that's pretty amazing. I mean, everything you just said there is, is there's a lot there and it, all of it is awesome. So it's, it's really just incredible what you're up to. I can't help but when, so when you say you're an IT, like are you like a tech guy, like people call you with problems? Or because I'm wondering, I'm imagining someone saying like my computer won't connect to my printer, and you're like, yeah, that sounds terrible. I'm um I'm in a volcano right now. Like, <laughs> no, no, I've been doing it. I've been doing it for remote work for about like six years now, and so program management, portfolio management, project management. So working in tech, it's more of like working with again. It's it's similar to what I do now. It's it's working cross functionally with people to make solutions. Yeah, and really have products. And so for me, it's like you're building solutions collaboratively, not competitively, internally. I mean, that's basically what I do. So it's the same kind of style that I do at work and out of work with different nonprofits and different communities. It's, it's really like, what is the problem? Let's build a solution together. How do we keep that solution sustainable? And then iterate on it over time so that people after us can be able to take it to the next level. And it's the same thing. And so that's what I've been doing. And I love it. It's, it's my personality. Again, like, like we talked about earlier, almost getting in the crash. I got out of the car when I parked it and looked at the guy and I said, are you okay? And he goes, smiling at me. He goes, like, I thought you were going to be angry. I'm like, no, are you okay? That's the first thing I'm going to ask. Are you okay? <laughs> and it's the same thing I, I take in anything with any project or nonprofit or partner I have in brands outdoors is, how are we doing this? Are you okay? Are you able to do this? And so it's, um, it works for me. Have you always been, I hate to just say nice because it sounds so bland, but like, is this like, is this, is this you or has, you talked about meditation a lot. Like, have you sort of transformed yourself in any way or how'd you get to this place? I think it was a journey. I didn't, I read this recently in a good book, uh, 101 way, uh, 101 lessons that will change your life. And I think I resonate with this and I want to say this, I didn't, go get over something. I didn't get let something pass. I got through different things in my life. I learned early on growing up with a beautiful, strong mother. And people ask like, hey, you never met your dad. Do you ever get sad about it? I go, no, I love my dad. They're like, you don't even know who he looks like. I'm like, but I love him. He created me. That's so cool. Mm, like wow. this person created me. And I was like, yeah. but they're like, how are you not sad? I was like, because the people that I love are here right now. The people that love to be around my energy and like teach me and are patient with me show up just like I show up to them every day. They give me opportunities to. And I say that because my outlook on life isn't for everybody. They're always like, you must be on something. And I'm like, I wake up, I'm like, I'm pretty happy to be here because I know what it's like. And I've seen what it's like when people suddenly leave unexpectedly 
And you know, you never get this chance again. You may not get this life again. And I can only be happy for what I got. And so over time, to answer your question, no one's born, maybe Buddha, little Buddha, baby Buddha, but like no one's born <laughs> with that level of like, like that level of like happiness. You have to go through so many different things to where you truly our hearts, our minds, especially our bodies are malleable. So you kind of go through things and you kind of just either accept things for what they are to move through them or you hold on to them. And I've decided that life is very short. I'm pretty short. And so I'm like, for me, it's like really making the best of what I have and really just being, making sure that other people have that. And when people meet me in person, they always just like, what's the catch? I'm like, I just want you to have a great life. And if Mm. that's okay, great. And if you find that too weird, you can come hang out with me still later on. But um, yeah, I just, I just honestly, Dan, I just think the world is very beautiful. People go through different things. They have a lot to teach you, uh, different lessons. You learn from people that are opposite than you. So I, I just always had that outlook on it. And I think, it's, again, I say this to my mom and my mom and my grandparents. know this is like, I wasn't the smart person in the class or, or the, the, the most handsome or the fastest on the you know, track team or football. But people would be like, you know, Andrew would always be there to support you as a human being because I truly mm. do think it's a beautiful thing to be a human. So that's, that's my answer to that question. Wow. That's a, that's amazing. Well, I'm going to, I don't want to take up too much of your time because I know you're, you're there to, there to do some surfing, but I'm wondering if there have been any recent or past moments where you are pursuing what you're pursuing and you either look down or you looked up and said, what on earth am I doing right now? <laughs> I was just laughing because I had that the other day. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so we were in, where yeah, we I'll give you two recent ones, two recent ones. So the, and they're both climbing and surfing. So we're in the Himalaya and we're going up to climb this mountain. And like, I think we already did an EBC. So we already did Ava Space Camp. And that was the first week. And then the second week, we're doing high passages through these beautiful high passages. And I just remember at the end of it, we're climbing a 20,000 foot mountain, which in the Himalayas is rarely tiny. They call that like a peak, not a mountain. It's a peak for a hill. Wow. So I remember just getting up there and I'm like, wow, my asthma's kicking in, you know, my legs are, and I just get up there and I look around and we all make it. I hugged my friend Sid, who's an amazing guide and his partner and my other, like one of my friends, Julia, who just climbed her first big mountain. And I look around and I go, you came so far from a kid in Detroit that would just sit on his and look out at the sunset wondering what was out there wow and like where like and i i looked and i was looking over at Everest. i was looking over at Everest, being like that mountain didn't it doesn't scare me and for the longest time i was so afraid of that mountain mm. so looking at it i wasn't afraid of it and i was like that's a beautiful mountain and i looked over at this other mountain alma de blanc and i said i just want to climb that it just was like that is beautiful i feel at home i feel safe here i don't feel afraid and that is like at that moment, I was like, what the hell is your life? You know? And <laughs> that was one. And that is like, that's the happiness one. But that goes back to like, just be yourself and the right yeah. people find. Like, they'll support you. And you're going to go through some hard up and down, some peaks and valleys. But keep climbing and you'll get up there and you'll hug the people and be with people, have good moments with them. The other one is the surfing. And this is a dead on what the hell you're doing. The first time I came out here to train in Portugal, I was invited by um, a friend of mine who's an amazing big wave surfer here, Joao Macedo. He runs a great nonprofit here for the Portuguese community. And he was like, before you can even touch Andre, I want you to go through our training cycle in the pools and stuff. So I did that with the team and the Portuguese team and they're like family to me now. The first time we were doing step-off, which is basically you get towed in 
on the back of a, a jet ski and then you have to jump off the jet ski at full like as it's going like really fast and jump on your surfboard and ride the wave it wasn't a small wave dan it was like a big like 13 15 foot wave <laughs> i don't have a vest on and the jet ski's going fast and our friend Antonio goes jump andrew jump i'm like it's on my backside i can't see it <laughs> and i go and all and i will not forget this dan and everyone was laughing on the channel as they saw me do this this is 100 percent real real I paddled my tiny arms so fast the moment I jumped off that jet ski onto my surfboard. You just saw this like little, like little, like look like little feet. And I was like, and I just stood up and everyone was like, oh my God. I'm like, oh my gosh, what's going on? I don't have a vest on. And I'm just like, in my head at that time, I go, what the hell are you doing? Right I was like, I was like, well, if you want to be a big wave surfer, here's your shot. <laughs> so um, I got destroyed. I got into the wave. Like I got a few pumps in and then I was like, I don't know how to get out of this. It's so big. I just like ate it. Yeah. And I was just like, he came around and got me on the jet ski. And as I'm holding off for dear life and he's like boring it through the waves, I'm like, Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so that was another, what the hell is your life moment? But both yeah. of those for me have, um, they transcended into my real life at work when things go like in my nine to five normal job, when things go really away, I go like, you know what? You're not sitting in like an like in a crappy like belly where an avalanche is coming or you're not about to get destroyed by like a three set wave coming on top of you. Yeah, yeah, um, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like it's all gonna work out. And I think for me, like even again going back to the, the funny part of this conversation starting, like even the action, like my friend was like, You're not upset or you're not weirded out. I'm like, no, nah, it's not like a wave just crashed on I me and I don't have a vest or anything. It's like yeah, yeah. Be, you know, so um, those are my two moments, my friend. Those are my two funny moments. Wow, that's the both incredible. Well, man, so awesome! Like not just hearing about your adventures, but just the 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 sentiment behind it. It's 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 really beautiful what you're doing and and everything that you shared here today. So so thank you so much for that. And how best for people listening, like to to kind of follow your journey? Is Instagram the best, or what 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 would you recommend? Yeah. Instagram is the best. And if you have any questions, happy DM. Um, there's their website, the Between Worlds Project website for working with nonprofits. If you're a nonprofit that wants to work together or have some questions, happy to help and go from there. Not all nonprofits are on that site because it's up to them how they want to be displayed. And then my personal website as well. That's uh, andrewgenneking.work. And in the next year, coming soon, we'll have a YouTube channel showing people all the cool people that I get to meet and work with around the world and such and what that's like. And not just about this guy almost getting destroyed, jumping off a jet ski. It's always just a little bit of that, you know, just a, <laughs> a little, little taste of, a little taste of, uh, of you eating it here and there. <laughs> keep, keep it entertaining. Well, man, uh, really, really inspiring stuff. And just uh, looking at the things that you have online, you've just been to some incredible places and, Again, just the vibe of it. It's not here I am, selfie, I'm so awesome, but you always include like the people around you and the the, the greater picture. So it's it's very cool what you're doing. So uh Thanks, so keep at it and keep your eyes on the road. You know, those drivers there are pretty crazy. <laughs> they are driving those standards, but I appreciate that. And um if anyone's listening and feels inspired, I hope to meet them and keep being true you and living your life and the people that will find you. We'll find you. Awesome. Awesome, man. All right. Well, well, great talking to you and, and good luck with the waves today. Thanks, my friend. That's our episode, folks. Hope you enjoyed it. 
Get a Real Job comes out every Tuesday. So be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you harvest your favorite podcasts. Leave us a review. Give us a share. Don't make me beg people. Go to entrepreneur.com for new episodes of this and to listen to our other great podcasts. Thanks. Thanks.